Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, Kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness, the justice that God desires. Therefore, take off the clothing of moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is innate, inborn, deeply rooted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. It was a sunny morning, the birds were singing, and the servicemen at B&G Heating and Appliance were all sitting around the table drinking coffee, waiting for their boss, Brett. They were all expected to be at the shop at 7.30 a.m. sharp, ready to go. But there was no telling when Brett might arrive. Some mornings he arrived in his big souped-up red pickup truck at 7.15 a.m., and anyone who arrived later than 7.28 a.m. was considered late to work. But other mornings, Brett wouldn't drag into the office until 9.30 a.m., and sometimes there was no explanation at all. Sometimes he would have stories to tell about last night's football game and how many beers he drank and who he went home with and how they partied all night long and what their night was like. Of course, those flings, those relationships, if you could call them that, never lasted. Every single person who had ever known Brett knew that Brett only lived for one thing, himself. There wasn't a single person on the planet who Brett actually cared for. His life was all about making money by any means possible, souping up whatever pickup he had at the time, sports and beer, lots of beer, smoking meat on the smoker, and sex as many love him and leave him connections as possible. Brett had a back trail of women who he had made all kinds of lofty promises to, only to ghost them and leave them feeling like an empty shell used up. The employees of B&G Heating and Appliance never knew what to expect. Brett had inherited the company from his rich uncle. 
He had a large client base in a city where it really didn't matter if you burned a few customers because there was all, always another sucker out there. It didn't matter to Brett that he actually knew very little about HVAC systems or appliances because Brett knew how to make a dollar. He knew how to smooth talk and that's what he did. He was out on the front lines of the business every day. He was out at potential clients' homes doing estimates and bids and putting on the salesman face. Brett had a way of reading a potential client and figuring out how to get the most money out of them. With some of them, he would underbid the job, and his employees all knew that if a job took longer than Brett wrote down on the bid, that Brett wasn't going to pay them but half time for the work that they did and anything over that he just, he'd only pay him half time. And so the employees were constantly complaining to one another about those bids and Brett's greedy bids. Both ways, it, it put pressure on them. Brett vacillated between smooth talking his employees and telling them how valuable they were to the company and buying them pizza for lunch and consistently underpaying them for their work, yet demanding more of them. Brett had no room for his employees to prioritize their kids' baseball games or doctor appointments. If you wanted to work for B&G Heating, you might as well kiss your family life goodbye. More than one employee had been let go for being too committed to their family and not committed enough to the company. Brett was the type to call the next place that they would try to get a job and tell them, tell the boss, don't hire that person. They're flaky. They're unreliable. But Brett's favorite customers weren't the ones that he underbid the job. His favorite customers were those whose heating systems failed in the middle of winter. It was an emergency for them, and that meant Brett could slap any dollar figure he wanted on the bill. And it wasn't uncommon for Brett to gouge them maybe three or four times the usual price, but Brett's employees had seen him charge as much as 10 times the usual rate. Of course, that money never made it to Brett's employees. It went straight into Brett's pocket. If anyone had a nose for a customer who could be exploited, it was Brett. He had a knack for always knowing just how to cook the books and spin a story and find a loophole. And sure, he had a back trail of unhappy customers and furious, broken-hearted lovers, but he seemed to always be one step ahead of them, one step ahead of the devastation that he left in his wake. The only obvious wreckage that impacted Brett's life, the only thing that could be seen were the souped-up pickup trucks that Brett seemed to wreck driving drunk over the years. He had been in many accidents, but somehow he always managed to dodge getting a DUI, and somehow he always had a story to tell about, oh, I was sick of that pickup anyways. It was time for a new one. Most of Brett's family was just as selfish as Brett, and the few distant relatives who weren't selfish had come to Brett years earlier pleading, 
Brett, don't you care about the damage that you're doing to everyone around you? Don't be like your family. You can be different. But Brett had burned those bridges years ago. He simply looked him in the eye and said, I am never going to change. Brett refused to face himself. He refused to take a look in the mirror at the person he was and the harm that he was doing to everyone around him. If you would have asked any of Brett's employees, will Brett ever change? They would have said, no, not a chance. See, they had witnessed Brett putting on an act too many times, and behind every act, the truth always came out. The only person that Brett cared about was himself. His money, his sports, his beer, his barbecue, his sex, that was it. The question comes, what is it that actually causes a person to change? We've all known people who, if you asked us, will they ever change, we'd say, not a chance. Well, across the street from B&G Heating was Wilson Printing and Office Supplies. And it was owned by Eleanor. And in many ways, Eleanor was the opposite of Brett. Eleanor arrived at the shop each morning at the same time. She left at the same time. She wouldn't dream of touching a drop of alcohol or having a one-night stand. Every Monday morning, she left the shop at 11 a.m. to attend her ladies' Bible study. And if anyone happened to say anything that Eleanor thought was out of line or theologically off, they were sure to hear from Eleanor. She was quick with theological corrections for others. She was constantly reading some new Christian book, and she could put you in your place in a hurry if she thought you were wrong. And in many ways, Eleanor's life was in order. Her diet was healthy. She woke at the same time each day to read her theology books. She worked hard. She wasn't given to any taboo vices. She attended the same church every Sunday, the same Bible study on Mondays, the same bowling league on Thursdays. Her business dealings were all on the up and up. Her books were in order. She would have easily passed an audit. But all was not well in Eleanor's life. Eleanor's children were all grown and lived in the city, but they never called Eleanor, and they never visited, because they knew what they would hear. Eleanor would fish for whether or not they were living according to her standards, and if they happened to reveal that they weren't in some way, then she would start in with a religious soapbox sermon about how wrong they were. Eleanor understood the call to righteousness as a call to critically evaluate other people. She thought she knew what everyone else was doing wrong. For years, Eleanor's children had witnessed their mother complaining, gossiping, judging all the bad people who were doing all of the bad things. And it was the same version of righteousness that they had witnessed in Eleanor's mother and father and in their parents' Her parents, their parents, even before that. They knew that when Eleanor looked at them, she wasn't looking at them to understand them or to love them. 
She was looking at them to evaluate them and correct them. Eleanor's children had asked Eleanor to change many times. They had asked Eleanor to face how condescending and arrogant she seemed with her constant sermons. They had asked her to stop with the gossip and the judgment and tone it down and lighten up. But Eleanor wasn't interested in hearing from her children about her own spiritual life. She wasn't about to take spiritual advice from people who were still doing all of the bad things. And the truth was, Eleanor wasn't taking spiritual advice from anyone. Eleanor had not actually changed a thing about herself for decades. She had loads of knowledge, but zero change. Eleanor had sat through thousands of sermons calling people to self-examination and life change, and she'd read hundreds of pages of scripture, but she had only ever encountered those sermons and scripture as theological issues to be held at arm's length and theories and doctrine, or they were ammunition to focus on other people's problems. Eleanor had never heard a sermon that called her to change. She'd never read a scripture that pointed out her own personal shortcomings. Every single theological book that Eleanor read, every single sermon, every single Bible study was only another weapon in Eleanor's theological judgment arsenal. It was simply another way to look down her nose on someone else and a way to elevate herself. So her children stayed away, and hence her grandchildren. If you asked Eleanor's children, will Eleanor ever change? They would have said, well, she's been this way her entire life. Years passed. And one morning, early on a Friday, into the back of the church that Eleanor attended, walked Brett. Remember Brett, the owner of B&G Heating and Appliance? It happened to be the pastor's day off, but the janitor was there, old Earl Sr. He'd been the janitor there for 22 years. Tears were streaming down Brett's face as he said, Is the pastor here? I need to talk. Earl Sr. quickly realized that something important was happening inside of Brett. It was a a birth and a death, all at the same time. And he put down his mop, and he sat down, and he said, No, the pastor's not here, but I'm here. What's going on? And Brett jumped right in. He said, Well, I was drunk last night, and I ended up watching a TV program about chickens and cannibalism. I didn't know that chickens can be cannibals. So it showed all these grisly scenes where chickens peck and tear and consume other chickens, sometimes in really aggressive ways and sometimes just bullying. And I guess the cannibalism is a, can be a learned behavior and spread throughout the flock. But anyways, I fell asleep. And I had this dream 
about this cannibal chicken that was destroying all of the other chickens. But all the other chickens, they kept morphing into people in my life. Like the other chickens who were being cannibalized were my employees and my family members and my customers and all the women I've slept with and then dumped. And this cannibal chicken, he, he kept seeing his own reflection like he'd look into a pond or a puddle or a lake or a window pane. And everywhere he went, every time he saw his own reflection, his face was actually my face. It was like I was the cannibal. And this cannibal chicken had learned how to be a cannibal from the generations before, and it was just spreading throughout the entire flock. Well, anyways, I, I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I was shook. I couldn't sleep. And so I went down to the Pancake House restaurant for an early breakfast to, to try to shake it off, but I, I couldn't shake it off. I realized that everything I've done in my entire life, I've been doing for me. And it was like I saw myself for the first time. And I couldn't help it. I was just sitting there crying into my pancakes and coffee. And the waitress asked me what was wrong. And I didn't even know how to say it all. I just said, I hate myself. I, I'm the worst person there ever was. I'm a monster. I'm just a cannibal. That's all I am. And she bent over and she kissed me on the forehead. And she said, no, no, honey, you ain't. Use a gem. You just don't know it yet. You ain't being who you are just yet. Well, I appreciated that. I, I left the cafe and I was trying to walk around town just to clear my head. And I stopped and I, I looked at myself in a reflection in a shop window. And when I looked at my reflection... I didn't see me. And I didn't see a cannibal chicken either, like in my dream. I looked in this shop window, and the reflection was of a different person. And I can only describe that person as Jesus Christ. It was me, but it was Jesus. And, and he was pure love. And he said to me, Brett, you were created to bring laughter to people who have lost theirs and, and warmth to those who have lost hope. And to love, not like one night stands, but day in, day out, enduring, never give up kind of love. Brett, you are good. You are beautiful. And, and then I was looking at me in the window again and I was shaking and I was crying and it all took me back to something I've known about myself since I was little but I bottled it up and shoved it down and never let it out my, my heart has always been to bring other people laughter and hope and warmth and stick with people through the winters and the summers of life 
but my family was greedy and competitive and selfish and I imitated that and I was too hurt and vulnerable and afraid to let myself be that loving, giving, warm person. I tried to protect myself and find escapes. And today, Jesus reminded me of who I am, who I've always known myself to be, who I knew myself to be when I was five. I just haven't been being myself, kind of like that waitress at the pancake house said. But Earl, I don't know the first thing about God or religion or anything. That Jesus guy, though, in the reflection, he knew something about me that I haven't been in touch with since I was little. It's the first time that I have felt freedom in years. Like, I'm not boxed in. And I realized that when I look deep inside my heart, at my deepest core... I don't actually want money and cheap sex and beer and barbecue. I just want to bring others warmth and laughter and hope. Well, old Earl, he just sat back and he smiled. He said, Brett, there's an old black preacher man, Howard Thurman, who said it this way. He says, the will of God is what you find when you are most yourself. And it sounds like you're finding that. You know you're created to love your neighbor as yourself. And it isn't until you begin to see yourself clearly and distinctly and honestly that you actually begin to see what sin is and what evil is and what righteousness is and justice and who God is. And today, you are finally seeing yourself clearly. All that cannibal stuff that you were seeing about yourself, it's real. And it you need to face it. But it's not the truest thing about you. It's what we Christians call sin. And when you sin, you're actually becoming less human, not more human. And so you're finally seeing the harm and the damage that you've been doing to yourself and others. And yeah, we are all creatures in a society of imitation. We imitate others. We do what we've seen others do and what the generations before us did. Your grandpa lives in your bones. You're you're just trying to survive when you were little and now you keep doing it and you're perpetuating more harm. And today, the Word of God came to you. And it comes to us in many forms, Brett. Television programs about cannibal chickens and crazy dreams and weather and our pets and reflections in storefronts and waitresses and old janitors like me and music and movies and art and creation and even sometimes sermons and scripture. And yeah, there is an old scripture that says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the justice, the righteousness that God desires. 
Therefore, take off the clothing of moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word that's innate, inborn, deeply rooted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Well, Brett said, yeah, I sure feel naked today. And I'm ready to take off those old clothes. I'm ready to really be who I am. I, I don't want to be a cannibal. Earl smiled. He said, Brett, I've known a whole lot of people who like to look at that mirror and talk about the mirror. They don't want to talk about themselves, but they like to talk about the mirror. They don't want to face how they need to change. And for you, I think the question is, listening to the voice of God that's deep inside of you, that's been speaking to you, and ask, how would you have me live? Now, Old Earl, he expected Brett to leave. He thought the conversation was probably over, but Brett closed his eyes right there. He breathed a long breath out, and he spoke the question into the darkness. How would you have me live, Jesus? And he waited. And in his mind's eye, he could almost hear the Jesus from the window reflection. And Jesus just said three words, honestly and generously. And Brett opened his eyes. He said to Earl, he said, Earl, I, I got to start paying my employees what they're worth. And I got to bring one of my guys on to help me with these estimates because I don't know how long these jobs are going to take, and I'm just making a greedy mess of things. I'm, I'm either overcharging my customers or I'm underpaying my employees, and i got to stop gouging these people whose heat systems fail in the winter. And i got to stop lying and making girls think I want a relationship when I don't. And if I'm going to hit the bottle so hard that I'm not legal, I've, I've got to stay off the road. And I've never done any of those things, and they all sound hard. Earl, do you think Jesus is going to help me with this? And a big grin spread across old Earl's face. He said, Brett, you are incredible, and your faith is incredible. You just showed more openness to life change than I've seen in some people who have been a part of this church for decades. And I think the spirit of your creator is birthing something new in you. And 
a part of it's going to feel like a death. It's your old self. But there's a new self coming. And Brett, you're about to find out how incredible God really made you. Well, word spread around the neighborhood about the changes that Brett was making in his life. And of course, old Eleanor, she didn't believe a word of it. That Brett from B&G Appliance, he'll never change. But she was wrong. Brett did change. He did keep listening to the Jesus who met him in the window, and he became a completely different person. Brett became honest about how much help he needed, and honest about how his family of origin had impacted him, and honest about his own motivations and emotions. He looked in that mirror, and he was changed by what he saw. He became the person who he had really been all along, created in the image of God, a person who brought laughter to those who had lost it, and warmth to those with no hope, a person of honesty and generosity. And every Sunday, there was Brett at church, worshiping, listening, taking it in, open, humble, eager to be changed, eager to love. And every Sunday, there was Eleanor, eager to scrutinize the sermon, eager to make a doctrinal observation about the mirror, not what it was showing her about herself, but the mirror of God's word, eager to add a weapon to her theological arsenal, but unwilling to face anything the mirror might be telling her about herself. And every day there was God, eager to birth something new, something different, something beautiful within the entire neighborhood, eager to help each person become who they really are when they are the most themselves, created in the image of God. And so the question comes, what about you? How is the word of God coming to you? in its many diverse forms. And what are you doing with that word? Are you open to change? What is God calling you to do? Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.